0: Welcome to the first episode of Triathlete Magazine's first ever podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, the editor-in-chief of Triathlete. And every week, uh, right here on this podcast, we're going to be bringing you a mix of news, uh, a little opinion, and then, you know, an interview from, from a star of the sport. And for the first couple weeks, we're going to have a rotating co-host as we kind of try and figure out what works, what you guys like, what you don't like. Um, so if you don't like our co-host today, don't tell me. Don't tell her. No, I'm kidding. Uh, because today we have as our first uh, co-host here, Sarah True. So thank you, Sarah, for you know coming and agreeing to my very vague email
1: that was like, I have an idea. Come help me out. You know, thank you for having me. If you don't like me as a, as a co-host, don't let me know. I'm very <laughs> fragile right now. Kelly's very fragile right now. We only want positive reinforcement. Yes, we are all very fragile now. Right? Because actually, yes. we were supposed to meet
0: in Boulder, <laughs> but we're meeting via the internet in the age of social distancing now. Uh, so that might also be why it sounds a little weird. We're testing this all out. But you actually saved me. Speaking of Corona, from flying to Boulder, the fact that I was supposed to fly from SFO to Boulder last weekend, Sarah, and do a bunch of work stuff, whatever, and I'd been on the fence, and after you were like, Kelly, I can't do it. Coronavirus. I'm holding up in my house. I was in the airport, and I thought, "This is insane! I'm canceling my flight." Like, so you talked sense into me. You saved me from being on lockdown and getting stuck in the airport.
1: I'm only good at giving information. <laughs> I can't actually take it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gl- I'm glad that uh, you are home instead of in Boulder. I mean, Boulder's yeah. a lovely place. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, I think right now, probably everybody being home. That's for the best. That's for the best. So
0: if you don't know Sarah True, I guess we should say, if you don't know Sarah True, I don't know
1: why oh, you're listening I to a
0: on podcast. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but if you don't know Sarah True, you should know Sarah True. Uh, fourth at the Olympics, fourth at Kona. Winner of many other things, too, to be clear. Not always fourth. Um, and,
1: you know, fourth ke- <laughs> it keeps me humble, man.
0: <laughs> so first question for you, though. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on March, what is it today? March 19th. So let's be clear by the time this airs, who knows what will happen in the universe. But you raced in Campeche last weekend, which by all appearances is going to be the last race for a long, long time now. I mean, how did that race even go (laughs) off? Were you like not sure if you should be there?
1: What was that like? Yeah. I mean, even driving to the airport, I was texting my coach and asking him, should I still be doing this? And basically, we we came to the realization that no matter what, I was going to be in lockdown when I got home. I, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be in contact with anybody except for my husband Ben. You know, so the risk of transmission was going to be very limited potentially if I contracted COVID nineteen. Um, but yeah, you know, in hindsight. There shouldn't have been a race. It's just everything escalated really quickly. And uh, if you follow global politics, you realize that um, the Mexican response has been pretty lax. So uh, basically, Obrador is really – this is the president of Mexico. He's really concerned about the economy. Uh, Last year, I think they had 0% growth. um, And basically, he decided that he – wanted life to go ahead as normal for time being. Um, And as a result, there was, there was nothing come from the coming from the government to the race organizers to not have a race. Um, You know, everything I I don't don't escalate very shocking.
0: Yeah. I mean, given like how Mexico races go down, like I'm not shocked, but it's also, I mean, you almost can't blame people for not knowing what decision to make right now. I mean, I was standing in the airport when I canceled a flight, like, you can't even tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, here, like I'm a, I'm well-informed, I'm a relatively rational person and I still raced. And so I'm, you know, obviously I was part of the problem. And I, I've realized that, you know, my, my ambivalence about the experience, my ambivalence about the race was definitely rooted in the sense of shame, realizing that, you know, we have a social obligation to each other to really limit, potential exposure. And here I was being the biggest hypocrite of all. But then the other part of me, who's the athlete, I'm like, this is the last race in the world. <laughs> it's going to be the last race so for it was, a long time. <laughs> it was totally a selfish decision. I mean, there there was a reason why I think those of us who did go and race, we weren't posting about it on social media. Um, right. I didn't make single mention of it. So thanks for outing me, Kelly. Yeah, and, yeah I know.
0: I well, <laughs> only realized like later because you had been all vague about how you
1: weren't in Boulder. <laughs> yeah you know but very practically like it's it's hard when you have sunk cost so like this is where like the financial side it it gets in our our the way of our rational processing where i'm like i haven't made money in a while like here's an opportunity to make money and ah it's going to be months until we race again (sighs) totally not rational totally regret it um yeah. yeah i mean it was really fast this past weekend it was you know
0: yeah i'm out in california where people have taken it like pretty seriously pretty quickly and still the difference right. between like wednesday and saturday of last week was was rapid yeah um but it is going to be the last race for a while i think we all know that now so you're not going to be making money for a while and i've yeah. been wondering how is that working in the pro world like what are you guys going to do? How are you making a living? I mean, your husband's also a pro runner, yeah. so it's not like you have another paycheck to fall back on here.
1: No, so you know, I think I think regardless of your profession, we're all adjusting to what the world is going to look like in a few months, um, and mm-hmm. the, and and probably for the the next few years. So, the realization that we've had it pretty good. Like yeah, we will always have sport. I think there's no question about that. We're, regardless of how the economy does, we're always going to have sport. It's a question of, uh, how much money is going to be in sport and whether or not people can make a living doing it full time. So that landscape is going to change a lot. The marketing world's going to change a lot. Um, and we're realizing that, you know, when when contracts come up for the ends of the year with sponsorship, um, a lot of companies are going to struggle this year and not be able to renew contracts. You know, marketing budgets are going to be slashed. Um, you know, we won't be able to race for six months, probably. We're hoping that, you know, there will be race opportunities uh, probably in the fall Yeah, you know, they're talking about the Olympics being moved, possibly canceled. So all of a sudden, it's just we're very quickly having to realize where we are, um, you know, in the, you know, the social fabric of the economy and our jobs are expendable. Um, And that's that we're fortunate to be able to do what we do. So it's at some point we're going to have to get real jobs and it just yeah, it sounds like you're having a whole existential you know, crisis right now. Totally, yeah <laughs> to- I, I know I'm not alone. It's i
0: know. I,
1: I think I've kind of come around where I realize how how fortunate we are to be able to have jobs in sport and to have had years where that's possible. where I think of, you know, I think of somebody who is a new pro this year
0: oh yeah they are not uh, they are not gonna have a good first year
1: that is well and in might – when we get through to next year, it's gonna be hard because a lot of these companies mm-hmm. are really really gonna struggle so it's I was able to be a professional athlete during a really fortunate era um and yeah, so I just
0: yeah, Oof. I mean, I've been thinking about this that a lot. This pretty too. heavy. I know. I know. We're like, sorry, guys. Sorry, bummer. Sorry. Yeah, right first at the beginning. podcast.
1: <laughs> but, no, but I, I, I think it is, I think it's important to really, we've realized where, where sport stands and sport is there to keep us connected, to keep us healthy, to keep us sane. Um, but, you know, where it is in terms of priorities, like it's okay to realize it's not, the center of everything
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's been like there was even an article today in the new york times about how running just running is actually having a boom right now as people like need the sanity people who haven't run at all you're allowed to even in lockdown like even here and stuff where there is a shelter in place you're allowed to go for exercise still so all of a sudden people it's like the one thing they can do so it's like and running without racing is just getting back to you know running it's it's so yeah i am curious i've been thinking about this a lot because you know triathlete is a magazine as well yeah we have sponsors and we have advertisers and once everyone comes out of their quarantine in two weeks and realizes you know the economy tanked in the meantime like it's yeah. it's gonna be a rough for a little while for sure so yeah
1: well yeah. I, I don't think listen this is this is going to be let's let's be real like if it if if it Matches current projections We're going to have a very deep recession um, But sport will go on And it's just People will still
0: do it Yeah, People
1: will still do it We might be going back to basics Like you know People (laughs) not getting fancy bikes every year Um, And I think There's potential To remind us why we do this OK, okay. Like, I like that. I like the positive spin there. No, okay. it's, it's it's true. So I I would like to think that we are going to be turning more to uh, our local races, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of that grassroots part of the sport, I'd like to think is really going to be, you know, have a resurgence.
0: Let's hope the- so, because there has been an argument that that part of the sport has been sh- already been struggling so
1: well i i know but i think as people realize that uh financially they can't you know they can't allocate as much resources towards fancy bikes and towards you know big travel to go to an ironman branded race on the other side of the world they start looking around for local challenges and being part of their community more Um, yeah i mean i i would like to think that yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's, we'll see. Let, let's talk in 18 months.
0: <laughs> There's a – you actually – okay, so what's the word I'm looking for here? Sidebar for a second. You just took over – I used to co-host a podcast with my friend Sarah Gross. Oh, yeah. And you just took over for me on that podcast after I took this new job. But we used to do something we called Let's Speculate Wildly. So, yeah, we're going to speculate wildly right. and hope that – grassroots racing comes back that people realize that they go back to, you know, let's just create challenges. Let's, you know, the old school, like how fast can we run up that hill? How fast can we get across this lake? Like just yeah. back to the basics. So.
1: But I, I we're, we've been seeing it in other sports. Yeah, I mean, there, no, there's a true. reason why the ultra community is really strong in running. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, you know, gravel racing is a really big scene. I think, you know, it's, it's time for triathlon to have that similar, like grassroots, get dirty, who cares how fast you're going, let's just do this challenge together kind of mentality. Okay, so there you go, triathletes, Uh, Sarah True is challenging
0: you to get dirty and stop caring about your times.
1: Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I'm not speculating wildly, I'm just telling the truth here.
0: (laughs) That'll be your new segment, not speculate wildly, (laughs) truth telling. You mentioned that there's talk about the Olympics being postponed or even canceled. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point right now, um, no one really wants to make that call yet. But certainly mm. it could happen. I would be it would be a big thing if the like the last time the Olympics yeah. got canceled was for the war. Right. Like it would well, be Well, it was crazy. also when it was being held in Tokyo. Right. True. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, <laughs> I mean, what are you? You used to be in the ITU circuit. I don't know if right. you still talk to lots of ITU people. I mean, how are people yeah. dealing with that? What's going to happen with the Olympics? Like, As an Olympian, so, tell me about the yeah, Olympics, yeah. yeah, so
1: actually, um, right now, I have inside information because oh. I am one of the selectors for our team. Um, oh. I helped drop the criteria with three other individuals. And, uh, you know, we... We haven't, they haven't said anything to the athletes because it's purely speculative. And the IOC at this point, so what, what day, the 19th, March 19th, Mm -hmm. uh, the IOC has flat out said Olympics are still on at the end of July. Yep. Um, but you know, there's enough chatter that, you know, outside of, of any official channels, um, you know, I I think it's it's highly highly unlikely it'll happen. Then, um, you know, the the athletes themselves are just putting their heads down and doing the best they can. Um, you know, but it's it's really hard to prepare in the middle of a global pandemic. So, yeah, it's it, they're doing what they can. Um, I just maybe I'm wrong, maybe. Uh I mean it's there's a lot happen. of money.
0: I mean there's a lot of money there that wants well, it to happen.
1: And and that's and that's why they are not going to make the decision unless they're forced to. But the the risk of of you know this this virus, obviously, you know, we we want to try to you know slow exposure, but what happens in a couple of weeks when you know we have to leave? quarantine um basically i again wild speculation so we're gonna go into this so my prediction based on just way too much reading of the news and my creative imagination my understanding of the economy which is super limited uh i think we're gonna have to make a choice between uh the economy and And going the route of um, exposure to a lot of people in the country and essentially having to triage patients in the ICU. Um, And that's going to be really tough. That's going to be. But I I think more my understanding is that if we isolate people the way we're currently doing for. Too long of a period of time. Way more people are going to suffer. Oh um, yeah, there's from, a cost from a that. sharp downturn in the economy.
0: Yeah, yeah, than, yeah. Because eventually, people start to die because they can't afford food. Right? Like that's exactly. there's a, there's a so there's there.
1: there's going to be a point at which we just we have to allow people to resume because the economy is going to be in the toilet too much. Um, yeah. Yeah, they so have
0: it's, already canceled. Mm, I mean, they. I just saw yesterday they canceled the WTS race in the UK for June. Yes, but at the same time they haven't canceled the Yokohama race in Japan in May. So clearly, yeah. there's like they can't decide. And Yokohama is supposed to be the last qualifier for most of the teams, like the last yes. qualification event. Well, they they
1: and, they yeah. have been talking about pushing back the qualification. So I. Um, I Don't don't quote me on this, but the... <laughs> you are the quali- odd air.
0: <laughs> I know, I know.
1: Jeez, right? You're not a reporter. You're a podcast host right now. Um, <laughs> the qualification window has been extended. So they will continue to uh, get points that help with qualification. Um, and it, it's obviously country by country uh, right. how you qualify for the Olympics changes, but... Uh, it's closer to when the games are slotted.
0: Yeah. Okay. That so, makes sense. I do think they're going. I mean, if the Olympics happen, a lot of countries are going to go to a discretionary. I would imagine in a, like in some way. Yeah, you yeah. have
1: to. But it, how do you? I think of so my you know going back to my husband Ben. Um, for he's a runner. Track and field trials are at the end of June. Yep. So you have. Two full or two issues. One being, I you have to have a trials with athletes who have qualified for trials, and a lot of the spring season would have allowed people to have qualifying times to just get to the Olympic trials. So for track and field, of the US uh, basically it's top three per event as yeah. long as you have the the uh, not just the trial standard but the. Olympic standard. Olymp- right, right. So to get people on the start line at trials is going to be one issue. To get people with the Olympic standard is a second issue. Um so how you can't choose on discretion.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know it's it's going to just be like whoever has the Olympic standard gets to go to Tokyo
1: now. But, poten- potentially for track and field, but that's what if you have 10 people at the standard?
0: Right, right, right. Do you just pick the fastest? Uh, It's probably it's it's
1: every sport, you know. It it's anything that's time based. Um, Obviously, like if you were totally discretionary, you know, kind of like soccer, for example, that's one thing. But if you're talking about an individual sport, um, this is a very very critical period of time for selection. So there's going to be so much pushback from the individual governing bodies. That either they're going to postpone until the winter, or they're going to have to just cancel it. And I think, be, like you, like you said before, there's so much money on the line. I have a hard time believing they're going to cancel it, but it's possible.
0: You're like, oh man, yeah, it um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I didn't realize you were on the uh, selection committee.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I have no, all I was, these questions. I, I was super pumped. You know, it's, it's excite it's an exciting to be part of that
0: yeah all right so now you have to explain because now I have all these questions because I have been very curious right we're like we're gonna stop talking about corona for a second for like two
1: seconds yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but i have been very curious about triathlons <laughs> olympic selection like criteria arguably yes. they are very 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 fair right like yes. super I, they're very detailed it's like a whole system i'm sure you can sum it up very fast but it's not super exciting for fans like no. fans love the marathon trials they love yes. the track and field trials yes. Track and field trials are like good tv but not right. super fair right like yeah. Yeah. brutal heartbreaking yeah. Yeah. So, why did you guys decide to go that way and not the way of you know
1: getting more people, like making it more exciting? Quite honestly, to maximize medals. Oh yeah. Okay. So you know, based on based on results um, the past couple of years, you know, we have an excellent shot at individual medal for the women. And we mm-hmm. have an excellent shot at the mixed relay medal. Uh, you know, our, our men's program is developing. And, you know, we, we do have an outside shot with a couple of athletes. But our job is to maximize, uh, you know, potential medal potential. So the way we wrote the criteria is basically, hey, listen, if you're good enough to contend for an individual medal, You'll probably make the team based on on our criteria. Outside of that, we basically reserve the right to select to maximize our possibility for getting a medal in the mixed team relay. So what is like
0: different about picking for mixed team relay that you don't just want the fastest? Per- like I've always wondered that. Like what strategy is
1: there? One is like a 15 minute race and one's mm. a two hour race. So okay. Okay. you know, both skills and physiologically very different. Um yeah, I mean, you you need to think tactically. You need to think about athletes who, you know, if if there's a gap, uh, do they have the ability to cover it? Do they have those skills? Which is which is different than you know a lot of the IT races. It, it's it's yeah. You want to pick okay. based on who's going to do really well in a 15 minute race, essentially. <laughs> okay. And sometimes so it's, it's the same athlete, relay. right? Yeah. Right, so sometimes, right. it's, so you know. Reigning world champion, Kita Zafiris, I have a hard time believing she wouldn't be on the mixed relay. <laughs> a hard time. Like, I have a hard time believing she's not going to make the team. Yes. <laughs> well, the team in general, but also specific, because right. you can only have two men, two women. So right. we we should have three men, three women. You uh, know, I would... Listen, it's going to be whoever looks the best for the relay. But I would say there are are teams that are going to be selecting athletes purely for the mixed relay. They don't even care about individual. Um, I think we kind of have a mind towards both. Like We haven't groomed athletes necessarily specifically for the relay, unlike other countries. Okay.
0: Interesting. I didn't realize so many people were that into the relay.
1: Well, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a medal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I just think of it as this like quirky fun side thing. Like, Oh, that's cool. No. Ultimately. (laughs) So we had before we had two medals in triathlon, one per gender. All of a sudden you're, you're basically doubling opportunity. So if you think of it that way, yeah, it's, it's just as important. And because there's far less depth in the mixed team relay I mean, you can only have a handful of teams present, and right. very few countries have two super strong women, two super strong men. So you're not talking about a lot of depth. So, yeah, we're going to lean hard into the mixed team relay. Really. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, All right. it's yeah. I mean, quite frankly, it's easier to get a medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's
0: fewer people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's fewer okay interesting i hadn't even thought about that do you think though i mean obviously we are i mean you do you think we're losing anything though with not having the excitement of fans like triathlon used to have a national championship that was a qualifier
1: you know what i mean do we not like we don't have that anymore are we losing something with that did you watch uh the test event last year in san diego no. Oh, last The Tokyo t- one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I thought you were talking about the last was in the US. No, the Tokyo no, no. test
0: event. Did you did you follow that? The Tokyo one? Yeah. yeah. That, that shit was, was crazy. super exciting. <laughs> that
1: was super exciting. That was essentially the race. You know, right. that was that's the one you're talking about right there.
0: So you think that so, you just need to we just need to get people in the, the US to follow whatever the big
1: yes. to follow Yokohama
0: or whatever yes. the big test
1: event yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um because people, I so didn't even think about it that I thought of the last one that was in the U.S., like the San Diego back before the Olympics, right? Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I think people in the U.S. don't even think, yeah, outside the U.S.,
1: right? Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the the very, you know, coming from ITU, you realize that uh, in the U.S. we just don't really pay attention to it outside the Olympics, no. and. You know, there, there are some super fans, and I love you guys. So thank you for being super fans of ITU. Um, but for the large part, you know, the the fan, the fandom? That's the correct word, right? The fan right? base, the fan, yeah. No, no, the the fandom for <laughs> Iron Man is much stronger. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, well, there's a whole argument that they get to actually, age group athletes get to actually do Iron Man. So they totally, feel a connection, yes.
1: Totally, so you, yeah, but... I I was shocked at the difference. Um,
0: when you moved from ITU to Ironman.
1: It, I mean, you can disagree with me, but just purely as a spectator, a two-hour lapped race is way more interesting to watch than people just like down on their bars for hours and end. There's a lot more going on in an ITU race. Then there's an I and I love Iron Man. I love following it, but if you're just talking purely from the specter standpoint, the difference, like you said, is that there's no f- real firsthand experience with the ITU stuff if if you're an amateur triathlete. And ultimately, like you know, watching what you know, watching Kona and what Jan Frodeno is able to do you can connect with that and you realize how freakishly fast he is. Whereas watching him, you know, when he won the Olympics, you can appreciate it, but it's different. Yeah. It's different context. When you went
0: ITU to Ironman, did you feel like your fan base grew at all? Did you feel like people, there was more people? I mean, as as popular as triathletes are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, totally. And, and I mean, (laughs) You, But you – part of what I really liked is that you actually get to engage with people. Um okay. whereas I, Like ITU, you just see the same, you know, 70 people week in, week out. Um, And you don't really interact a lot with the amateur side of sport. So what is really cool about Ironman and long course is that, like, you're lining up for check-in, you know, next to somebody who – you know, does a 17 hour Ironman and it doesn't matter. Like you're both doing the same course. You're doing the same race. And I don't know. I, I do like that part of it. So I was surprised. Um, I mean, I was definitely, I was sad as an ITU athlete and I'm sad now, like looking back on it that we couldn't really gain the same uh, level of support the Ironman athletes can, uh, from, from, you know, from our amateur, you know, counterparts. So like internationally it's, it's covered a bit better on TV. So like you definitely have, I would say I went from having a more, more international support to more U S based support when I shifted in distance, which is really interesting because, I was representing the U.S., you know, right, right for right, so many right. years, and now I'm just representing Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just representing Sarah. I mean, I'm not sure what
0: – I'm honestly not sure, though, what could be done. I mean, what do you think could be done to get people more into the ITU? Uh, people always tell us. Like, we always get complaints. Yeah. Like, oh, you should cover it more. And you're like, I mean, we don't but we no, cover it yeah. as much as we cover any random Iron Man race right side of Kona it's just sort of that is what people I can tell you what people click on Sarah yeah and I yeah like I know it, <laughs> like, it ain't
1: it yeah no yeah. well people want to. people want to know how to go faster in what they do yes, yes. and if you're not doing it you you don't there's nothing you feel like you can really glean from those athletes whereas they, like I mean yeah uh, well, that that's the perception, right? Um, right. I was going to say, there are some things you could learn from them for sure. To- totally, totally. Um, but that's the perception. And versus, you know, if, if I don't know, Patrick Lange is talking about his run sessions, you're like, well, we do the same distance. We do the same stuff. Like maybe – an article on his run sessions. Like I can learn a few pointers. Right, um, you're like, don't try Patrick's run sessions, guys. No, no, like, no.
0: But yeah, no I'm kidding, but, that, but yeah, that's,
1: that's the same thing as like, you know, if, if yeah. Katie's yeah. talking about what bike wor- workout she's doing, um, you know, might not be directly applicable to the person, but they're going to be interested in the distance that they actually fall do themselves. I mean, it's the same way like marathoners. And I'm sure like your husband, Ben, knows, like marathoners
0: are way more popular um, Oh yeah. in mass participation than, you know, 1500 meter runners or 5k yeah. runners on the yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same.
1: Yeah, the the amount of money in elite marathoning is staggering, staggering. <laughs> Is this what you're going to take up next, are you saying? No, 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 no. I'm we're not fast, fast enough. Just, not, yeah, I'm like it's a, it's... 30 minutes too slow. <laughs> <laughs> but the Olympic marathon trials
0: were really cool. And that's what made yeah. me think about kind of our qualification because so many people got into the Olympic marathon trials right. who are never going to be in the Olympics. But I mean, yeah. we got into it emotionally, got invested, totally. we're cheering, we're out there. Yeah, so... Hi guys! I just wanted to cut in here to say thank you for listening to our first ever podcast, The Triathlete Hour, and uh, and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, so that you won't miss any of the things we have planned or coming. All interviews, news, everything you want to know about triathlon. Now let's get back to it. Um. But I do wanted to know something that's been bothering me. Something has been bothering, oh. me winter, bothering me all winter, Sarah. Yeah. Bothering me all winter. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Lay it out. No, here's my question. It's a very deep question. <laughs> Lots of pros go to, like, warm places in the winter. Why the hell would you go to Boulder?
1: Because I live in New Hampshire, so Boulder is warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's much warmer than New Hampshire. So you can ride outside most of the winter. There are only a few days where it's, you know, pretty miserable. Um, No, really, I – because it was supposed to be an Olympic year, uh, I basically gave Ben the choice of where he wanted to go. Uh. And – yeah so i get i'm like where do you want to go man and he's like well there are runners i can be with in flagstaff and there are runners i can be with in boulder and we looked at the driving time and from new hampshire flagstaff's 38 hours and from to boulder it's 30 hours
0: so we were like okay let's go to boulder that was the basis of your entire plan
1: it seems very (laughs) it seems like weak logic here i'm just gonna say and I was I was excited because I was able to swim with Julie Gibbons and her group, um, and I've been very lonely training by myself in New Hampshire. So I was excited about that. And I I've I've spent time in Boulder. I know it well. You know, there's good coffee, all the important <laughs> things in life, good trails, right. right. Yeah. Okay. I was just like, have they not heard of California? What is happening here? Too many cars so, in California. Too many people. And that was definitely too far of a drive. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I you know. are so you've been training all winter. Obviously, yep. I mean, we can't even say like what your plans are because who even knows what anyone's plans are.
1: But <laughs> there are probably going to be no races into the fall. The sooner probably. that people wrap their heads around it the better I know I know I like
0: haven't emotionally accepted that yet because I but you know get to that point get to that point Kelly (laughs) get there faster um but okay so we're not gonna talk about your plans because the plans are what they are but let's talk about last year because last year was i mean it was rough it was rough to watch for you I'm last sorry. year yeah. it was like it's okay i'm gonna sum up real fast and it's gonna yeah. be depressing and you're not gonna oh, cry okay
1: so Coda
0: 2018 you got fourth but like holy yeah. shit at the end of that you were like collapsing like heat right. it looked bad then yeah. you went to iron man karns in the spring yeah. blacked out on the run dnf'd yeah. Yeah. Then you went to Iron Man I, Frankfurt. I can never Frankfurt, remember his hamburger from mm-hmm. Frankfurt. 700 meters from the finish. And I mean, if you haven't seen that video, guys, go and Google that video. I mean, it's Thanks. ugly to watch. Thanks, she's, like, she's like wobbling back and forth and falls <laughs> yeah. over. But I've heard you say you actually
1: were fine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, I was still moving forward. Like, my heart rate was normal. Like, so basically, we think that I cooked my brain in Kona hmm. in 2018. And okay. basically like the, you know, the part of your brain that governs internal temperature. Um, it's a little wonky now. Oh. So my brain will shut down my body way before I'm actually in any sort of distress. So in Frankfurt, I was hmm. not like none of my signs would have indicated I was actually in distress beyond the interpretation of my brain. Um, And that's why everything looks really weird. It's definitely motor control, but like, yeah. But you felt okay. You just were like tipping over,
0: but you felt all right.
1: No, like I was going in and out of consciousness, but everything basically from the neck down was fine yeah huh. but it's just your nervous system um like it, it was a neural response that's yeah. weird yeah but somehow but i mean somehow you came back
0: and i don't remember i think you did mantra right but you qualified for kona and i was like i don't even know how she's gonna do kona yeah. after this year like i like right. how is that even right. how is your brain even let you get there is basically it, what i kept wondering it didn't
1: it didn't, it didn't because it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> i started to black out on the bike and at that point like i fried my body and my probably my nervous system so much that we really really needed to have a legit off season um, yeah. yeah
0: yeah so you took a lot of time off after that so so you, you feel like recovered now you feel like you're better about this like how do you come back from that uh, kind of so year? The,
1: the brain stuff could be permanent. Um, yeah. You know, there. I was supposed to go and see, uh, get testing at this whole... There aren't a lot of people who do like autonomic system dysfunction in athletes. And I was going to go down to Vanderbilt and get testing, but that didn't work out. So basically, like, I don't know. The problem is I'm such an optimist. I'm like, yeah, okay. my body will bounce back. It's no big deal. But... Maybe I should just be looking at cold races. Um, <laughs> That's your <yeah>. alternative idea. <laughs> well, so here, here's where the hardest part of this year, this well last year, um, wasn't necessarily the racing stuff. It was like a, a couple weeks after Kona, like I was just trying to run for fun. And like I was having symptoms, and like we're talking end of October in New Hampshire, it's like fifty degrees. Temperature's not an issue, and I was having uh, serious problems then. Hmm. And that's that was the hardest point of the year because all of a sudden it was. This is not necessarily you know a temperature thing. It gets exacerbated then, but this is something that. Is keeping me from doing the things that I love, um, right? So it went from a professional thing to a personal thing. That was that was a really low point for me. Is I just want to go and do a tempo run for fun because it feels good, and it's fifty degrees, and I can't. Right. Um, so that was hard. Yeah. But well, I can, you, um, I can, I'm starting to be able to do workouts and I haven't had any problems, you know, since. Um, that's what I was about to ask. So you're yeah. you starting to be
0: able you're like working back into things or you're not sure yeah, still.
1: Yeah. And so the, the, the race in Campeche was like a hundred degrees and humid and naturally unbelievably. Yeah. Right. And it was way slower than my Ironman pace for a 70.3. Um, for the run in particular, and there was some walking involved, but you know what? I didn't DNF and it was really hot and I didn't pass out. So like the, I'm of two brains, the (laughs) rational part or the, the emotional part of me is like, Oh you know, it was, it was just the fact I didn't do any heat training. I'm totally fine. I can race in the heat again. Like my body's totally normal. I just, I just needed to be more prepared. And then the other part of me is like, there's a, there is a chance you will never be able to race normally again. Right. 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 But that that part of my brain, the rational part, is a real jerk. So I'm not going to listen to it. You're like, fuck it, no. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I'm actually not sure if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast yet. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, so you're so you're still just feeling this out, then, uh, and trying to figure it out and seeing what happens this year. So so actually, yeah. Yeah. everyone being up in the air works totally fine for you because you're also up in the air and waiting to see how things go.
1: Totally, I, my. <laughs> So there there have been other athletes who've had serious like brain you mm-hmm. know meltdowns and done damage to their their brains before. and uh, if you want to watch Google some or YouTube something else, like Callum Hawkins at Commonwealth Games um, a couple years ago. It was very hot marathon, and it was pretty dramatic. But like 18 months later, something like that, he was able to uh, do very well at the World Championships um, last year in the marathon in Doha, which was extremely hot. Right. So, you know, maybe I just need a few more months for my brain to heal, or... Alternatively, Kelly, because this podcast is going to go gangbusters. <laughs> You're just gonna be there going to be a professional a, podcaster. <laughs> there is, no, 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 I was going to say there is a neurologist listening to this who's there, yeah. like, I can fix Sarah. I know what's wrong. So if you are that neurologist and you want to help me out, get back in my career and not pass out again. 700 meters from winning a major race. Call just, me. There you go. DM, slide
0: into her DMs real slide fast. Into my,
1: slide into my DMs,
0: baby. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, this is a great plan. See, we're bringing people together <laughs> with the Triathlete Magazine podcast.
1: This is fantastic. Excellent.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, brains do take a long time. My my husbands are coming from a brain surgery. And, you know, it yeah. does. It just literally, the experts say, like, just takes some time. It takes, yeah. time. Yeah. it takes a long time. Yeah. takes a long time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I feel like all these other things people are going to want. Like, usually we would be like, What are your plans this year? What do you want to do? And like, none of that applies right now. So no. it's like, All right. And right nobody now, nobody has in, plans you have, right now. Nobody has you know, plans.
1: Here, here's the thing here are what my plans are. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to continue exercising because I love it. And right now that exercising consists of doing gym work and biking, and running, because I'm not one of those fancy people with those pools in my backyard. Um, and that's okay. Like, also, you live in I New love-
0: Hampshire, so <laughs>
1: and I, a well, pool in the backyard. No, but like those endless pools right. that the, the handful of people are posting about and we're all very jealous of them. Very um, jealous until you remember we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And let's be honest, there are more important things to think about. So I am thinking about those important things and how I can be of use to the people around me. Uh, My brother and my sister-in-law are both physicians and they are prepared for things to get really bad. Um, And I am going to be taking over the Education of my seven and nine year old nieces. Oh, because kids are not in school right now. Okay. Um, so that's like for the next couple months, I'm going to be Miss Sarah, you know, laying down the law, making them read, making them do math. Like it's keeping me up at night coming oh, so up the with the only plans. two subjects you can come up with. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, I have a whole plan. We okay. are. They're going to do nature journaling. We're going to go on (laughs) hikes. I have like arts and crafts plans. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to crush it. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I don't know. I think we all are going to have to kind of come together um, as a country, you know, and help the people who are on the front lines. Um, And that's me doing my very, very small part. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Which is um, crazy right. because professional athletes are very selfish. So the fact that you know everyone it, always says that, but
0: honestly, like mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are dicks, but lots of them, <laughs> lots of them are nice. Like lots of like you know, pros will help each other. Everyone helps each other. It's it's not it's not selfish. It's self involved. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying but to that's be how, not. That's how you're
1: successful. You know, like well. no, honestly, you you have to put your training ahead of everything else. That's how you are good to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah.
0: You get the training and yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I told you I was going to do some kind of final segment that was fun that I hadn't oh, decided on yet. Shoot. But here's what I've decided. Ready? I think okay. i going to do this with all of our, <laughs> our rotating co-hosts in the next few weeks we're going to play internet version of have you ever or not oh, have no. you ever sorry would you rather would you rather
1: Oh no.
0: Ready? So, here's the here's today's question. Would you rather this is coronavirus edition never go outside for the rest of your life but you can exercise as much as you want like you have you have all the best facilities like craziest treadmills bikes Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Or, okay. or-
0: You can go outside, but you don't get to exercise again for the rest of your life. Like you physically can't swim or bike or run. Which would you pick?
1: Well, what do you consider exercise?
0: Well, I I mean, you're you're like going to walk aggressively. That's the extent of what you can do, okay, is you can like walk. Be outside. Yeah.
1: That's what I think I would pick too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, humans are hardwired to need Light and nature, and <laughs> you know, stop the sun inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right,
0: yeah. guys. So, you think about our uh, the Would You Rather? I'll have a new one next week. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks, Sarah, for joining
1: us. Can, can um, I do my Would You Rather with you? Oh, I was going to wrap it up. Sure. I mean, what it's, is your would you it's rather? a classic. Would you okay. rather have legs for fingers or fingers for legs?
0: Well, how would you, your, you, you mean feet? Because your legs as your fingers would be really long. Just little tiny. Just- little tiny legs? <laughs> like that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> okay, you can wrap it up now. <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening to the first, uh, the first ever episode of our New Triathlete Magazine podcast. This has been Kelly O'Mara. And I want to thank Sarah True for joining us. And uh, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and tune in next week. All right. Until then, you know, keep training indoors.